Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for July 14th, 2021. Glad that you are with me today. Uh, today I continue to be at Montreat uh, Conference Center. I am here in the uh, Garden for Prayer and Meditation overlooking, you may see behind me over here, there we go, is Lake Susan. And we've got folks going by. Um, finding a place on campus that's not super busy is a challenge, but that's okay. Um, thank you for joining me today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. We pray to you, O Lord, you hear us in the morning. At sunrise we offer our prayer and wait for your answer. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. The Lord our O Lord our God, we give you thanks that through the gift of our baptism you have poured out your grace upon us and claimed us as your beloved people. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to love and serve you always and to love and serve one another. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are, I didn't skip to there, Psalm 89, 1 through 18, and 147, 1 through 11, 1 Samuel 20, 1 through 23, Acts 12, 18 through 25, and Mark 2, 13 through 22. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 89, 1 through 18. I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David. I will establish your, uh, your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Selah. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? A God feared in the council of the holy ones, great and awesome above all that are around God. O Lord, God of hosts, who is almighty as you, O Lord, your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crush Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand, high your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Happy are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. They exalt in your name all day long and extol your righteousness. For you are the glory of their strength 
By your favor, our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One of Israel. Psalm 147, 1 through 11. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God, for God is gracious and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. God gathers the outcasts of Israel. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God determines the number of the stars. God gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. God's understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. God casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. God covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. God gives to the animals their food and to the young ravens when they cry. God's delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor God's pleasure in the speed of a runner, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear God, in those who hope in God's steadfast love. From 1 Samuel 20, 1-23 David fled from Naoth in Ramah. He came before Jonathan and said, What have I done? What is my guilt and what is my sin against your father that he is trying to take my life? He said to him, Perish the thought, you should not die. My father does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? Never. But David also swore, Your father knows well that you like me, and he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, or he will be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, there is but a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do it for you. David said to Jonathan, Tomorrow is the new moon, and should not, and I should not fail to sit with the king at the meal. But let me go, so that I might hide in the field until the third evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly ask leave of me to run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he says good, it will be well with you, your servant. But if he is angry, then know that evil has been determined by him. Therefore deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a sacred covenant with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself. Why should you bring me to your father? Jonathan said, Far be it from me. If I know that it was decided by my father that evil should come upon you, would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Jonathan replied to David, Come, let us go out to the field. So they both went out to the field. Jonathan said to David, By the Lord, the God of Israel, when I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or on the third day, if he is well disposed towards David, shall I not then stand and disclose it to you? But if my father intends to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan and to and more also, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away so that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you, as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the faithful love of the Lord. But if I die, never cut off your faithful love from my house. Even if the Lord were to cut off every one of my enemies in, of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. Thus Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord seek out the enemies of David. 
Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own life. Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow's the new moon. You will be missed because your place will be empty. On the day after tomorrow, you shall go a long way down. Go to the place where you hid yourself earlier and remain beside the stone there. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I shot at a mark. Then I will send the boy saying, go find the arrows. If I say to the boy, look, the arrows are on the side of you, collect them. Then you are to come for as the Lord lives, it is safe for you and there is no danger. But if I say to the young man, look, the arrows are beyond you, then go for the Lord has sent you away. As for the matter about which you and I have spoken, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. From Acts chapter 12, verses 18 through 25. When morning came, there was no small commotion among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him and could not find him, he examined the guards and ordered them to be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, so they came to him in a body, and after winning over Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for a reconciliation, because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat in the platform, and delivered a public address to them. The people kept shouting, The voice of God and not a mortal! And immediately, because he had not given the glory to God, the angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God continued to advance and gain adherence. Then after completing the mission, Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem and brought with them John, whose other name was Mark. And from Mark, who traditionally is that same Mark, Uh, Chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the scribes and the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and the people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth and old, on an old cloak, otherwise the patch pulls away from it. The new from the old and the worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins. And the wine is lost, and so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. The word of the Lord 
Thanks be to God. So our readings for today. So first we have from 1 Samuel, continuing on this story. Remember, we have this wonderful relationship between Jonathan and David. They trust each other. They have made covenant with one another multiple times. They get each other. They understand sort of the motivation. Remember, Jonathan went and attacked a bunch of Philistines and 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 knew that God would be, as, as long as God wanted victory, it didn't matter who was sent. David did the same when he went against Goliath. And so they meet up and they say, you know, David says to Jonathan, you know, what am I going to do? What do you have to say about this? It seems that your father wants to kill me. And Jonathan says, oh, dad tells me everything, right? He says, well, yeah, he probably isn't going to tell you this because he knows that we're close. So we should figure out a way to, to figure out what's really going on. So they platch, platch this scheme. Anyways, they come up with a plan and they're going to find out if... Saul is really, you know, wanting to kill David or if maybe they've misunderstood. So the new moon festival is coming. This is the uh, every Jewish month um, when the moon is new, empty, there's no light on it. There would be this feast day. It would be a three-day affair apparently for the royalty and they would all gather together. David says, I'm not going to be there and you find out if your father Saul is, you know, asks about me in the first place, if he's fine with me being gone because you've told him that I'm going to a, a sacrifice at my hometown, if he says, if he has no problem with that, then we know that he probably doesn't have a problem with me. But if he is angry that I'm not there, then we know that maybe he was planning something and probably he was. Um, so that's the, the plan that they're going to do. Jonathan, um, again, sort of gives his allegiance to David and says, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be the king of Israel. And I want you to remember me when that happens. Maybe I will be at your second of command, but if I am dead because of whatever reason, right, at least have some grace for the rest of my family. In the ancient world, especially if there was a change in the kingship, if it was not a direct descendant and sometimes even if it was, there would be an awful lot of bloodshed. All of the descendants or possible descendants of the previous king would be killed so that there would be no one else who could sort of take up this mantle and claim the crown. Jonathan says, I'm going to make covenant with you, but just give me a little bit of grace and keep my family alive to a certain extent as much as you can. And they then come up with this plan of how to communicate what they have learned about Saul to David. Um, and it has to do with shooting a bow and what he says to the, the slave boy who's going to go and get the arrows. If he says, you know, they're, they're on this side, then he's, Jonathan is saying to David, it's fine, come back home. But if he's saying, no, they're on far beyond you, he's saying, go away, go run, take off before Saul kills you we get again this beautiful glimpse of this, this friendship, this um, deep connection these men have with one another. Then we have in Acts, um, Herod, another king, right? Full of himself. Now Herod would have been, he was the king of, of Judah, of 
roughly Jew, the Jewish people. Um, he would be ethnically Jewish, but he was, we know historically, not very religiously Jewish at all. He was a figurehead. He was put there in authority, um, potentially, at least sort of arguably, part of the descendants of the kings of, of, of Judah, but put there by Rome to be uh, not a governor, because the governor was Roman, but sort of a local leader who could sort of get the Jewish people on their side. Um, Herod, this is the second in this line. This is not the Herod who rebuilt the temple, uh, nor the one who killed all of the children in, in Bethlehem. This is the, the next one after that. Well, he thinks he is hot stuff. Um, there's a, an argument about what's uh, some other thing, and there, there are people who send a delegation. He gets out, he gives this great pronouncement and speech, and all the people say, oh my gosh, it's like hearing a god speaking. And because he doesn't say anything about that, because he does not, he sort of either doesn't directly counteract that and say, no, I'm not a god, I'm just immortal, or actually starts to believe that own hype, he is struck down by God. And you notice there is a very gross sort of connection. He is um, he's struck, he is eaten by worms, and then he dies. Normally it's you die and then you're eaten by worms. He, this is the opposite. It's really gross and a very clear sort of statement about how God views um, these leaders who see themselves as greater than God. Um, yeah, there you go. Then we have in Mark, Jesus is uh, followed again by this huge crowd, but he does not seek out all these people who are following him. He seeks out this man, Levi. Levi is a tax collector. He would be incredibly marginalized. He was a Jewish person who wantingly aligned himself with the Roman authorities. He would collect taxes on behalf of Rome and oftentimes cheat the people or that this was the expectation or the, the assumption about the tax collectors is that they would be cheating the people. Um, people who have to collect taxes don't really get a good reputation in the first place, um, but especially there's this rumors and thoughts that they are, they're doing something wrong. But Jesus comes to him and says, Levi, just follow me. He's later going to be called Matthew. So Jesus goes and he hangs out with all of the wrong people. He's hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, which means prostitutes. Because those are the only other people who would hang out with tax collectors. Uh, they're all marginalized. They're all hated. And Jesus goes and he just hangs out. He parties with them. He spends time with them. He does not care about these things. And the Pharisees care very much about it. They say, why is this Jesus? Why is he spending time with those people? And Jesus comes out and he says, listen, I'm hanging out with people, okay? When a doctor comes, a doctor does not come to heal those who are already well. The doctor comes to heal those who are sick. You you're okay. You're doing all right. You've got some problems, sure, right? Arrogance, pride, self, self-righteousness, all those sorts of things. Sure, we'll work with those. But these people over here, they, they need help. 
And they're not going to get help if you keep them at arm's distance. And you push them away and you continue to push them and other them and not spend any time with them. I'm hanging out with them because that's what they need. Guess what? The tax collectors and the prostitutes, they're going to go into heaven before you. Because they're going to have, they know that they're not righteous. They know that they don't have everything together. Y'all think you do. Those are our readings for today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Eternal God, we thank you for being with us today and for every sign of your truth and love in Jesus Christ. Especially we thank you for all works of Christian compassion. The good earth that is our home. Examples of wisdom and righteousness. energy and strength to share your love. Each new insight into your grace. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks for your work here um, at the Montreat Conference Center, specifically with this Uh, uh, high school youth conference. Thank you for all the speakers, for the small group leaders, for the youth, for the adults. Thank you that I get to be a part of it. Continue to work in and through this group and this place and this time. Gracious God, we remember in our own hearts the needs of others that we might reach out to claim your love for them and reach out to give you love, give your love in the name of Christ. Especially we pray for Orthodox and Coptic churches. Those subjected to tyranny and persecution. Those who are outcast or strangers. Those who offer welcome and hospitality. The renewal of those who despair. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for Mike, a friend of Cheryl's, who's been diagnosed with stage four cancer. For Debbie, who is recovering from hip replacement surgery and is doing well. For Pam, Bill's friend, who is home from the hospital after a stroke, but is frustrated um, that her eyesight has been affected. I also lift up a uh, young lady from my small group, Katie, who um, we talked about distractions and disconnections today um, and just pray for the disconnections that she experiences um, feeling disconnected 
um, because of just looking at her phone or her identity, ideology, family, friends, her mental health, her work. Pray for her and all those who are disconnected. God of all who worship you, make us one with all your saints and with any who are in need. Teach us to befriend the weak and welcome the outcast, that we may serve the Lord Jesus Christ and live to offer God him glory. In his holy name we pray, amen. And we continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Um, join me tomorrow for some more like this video. Share it with someone else. Click on the subscription and the notification button as well. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA. Our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Our uh, devotion this morning or yeah, came from Montreat Conference Center. And amid all of the distractions and all of the um, busyness that you heard around uh, maybe a, a reminder that we can take time wherever we are whenever we are to reflect on god's word and to pray thank you for joining me have a great day we'll see you next time bye